Welcome to this episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. I am so glad you're here, and I really, really mean that. Before we jump into today's topic, I just have a few little housekeeping details I want to get out of the way. Number one, you can now sign up for email notifications for each new episode. That's right. I offered this when the show launched over a year ago, but then I never really got it up and totally running. But I have heard from several of you that email is your preferred way to hear about new episodes. I know not everybody is on social media, and I really get that. It's also a nice way to just have show notes and links and reminders, everything all in one spot with a weekly email. I promise I will not abuse the privilege of being in your inbox. These emails will be short. They will only be once a week. I will put a link to sign up for episode emails in the show description, in the show notes, and on social media if this is something you want in your life. Number two, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. If you've been around for a while, you know I speak very openly about my lifelong struggle with anxiety. It started with very intense childhood anxiety. I've had some pretty different bouts of it after my children were born. I am now a midlife adult woman who manages the ups and downs of mental health stuff. And so I am incredibly indebted to those who share their own stories. I really think that it humanizes, it normalizes something that so many people deal with, and also some people feel shame around. But the more that we talk about it, the less stigma there is to it. And so if you are interested in hearing more about my own story around anxiety, what it looks like for me, how I deal with it, you can scroll back and listen to an episode from almost exactly a year ago from last May, episode number 18. It's called 10 Thoughts on Anxiety. Okay, now to the topic for the day. Something I get asked about a lot because I feel like I reference it pretty often on the show, on social media, and something that is relevant all year long. Do you have a morning routine? This is something I could talk about at any time, but one of the reasons I think it's good to talk about this right now is because this is a time of year, spring, where a lot of us are in some sort of transition of our schedules. So either the school year is about to end, summer is about to begin, or maybe because of coronavirus, you've been staying at home and now you're going back to work, 
or there's just any number of things where it feels like to me right now, people are really looking for some structure, some rituals to hang on to, something to anchor their day in. And so I just wanted to do a whole episode talking about the morning routine. Here is what I am not going to do over the next few minutes. I am not going to tell you to get up at 5 a.m. I know this is really popular advice to get up before anyone else in your household does. And I know that it is something that works for a lot of people, especially if they are naturally morning people. But from my point of view, this advice puts more of a burden on already exhausted women. When my kids were younger and I was struggling to find time for myself, time to work on my own projects, time for a morning routine that would set the tone for the day, and then I would hear this 5 a.m. advice or even 6 a.m., whatever, I would nearly be brought to tears with shame because I just could not do that. I am not a morning person. Being tired is already an anxiety trigger for me. And to be told that these early morning hours were the best I could hope for in the quiet department, it was a message that made me feel lazy for choosing to sleep an extra hour in the morning and to get up when my kids get up. And listen, I was not lazy at all. So if you almost didn't press play on this episode for this very reason, I am not going to tell you to sacrifice your sleep if that doesn't work for you. When I say morning routine, I'm holding the morning part of it pretty loosely. I think if your morning routine doesn't happen until the baby naps at 11 a.m. or until you get off work at 3 p.m., then great. A routine like this, it doesn't have to be the first thing you do in the morning. It can certainly be viewed instead as a time that you check in with yourself after a few hours into the day. It can be used as a reset between work hours and family hours if needed. You make this carved out time that we're going to talk about, you make this work for you. So at this stage in my life, I do mostly go through these steps actually in the morning after my kids have started school. So typically I am still in sweatpants with a cup of caffeine when this happens. An exception would be if I absolutely have something that I need to do in the morning, first thing in the morning, then I might do that other thing first. Maybe that's an errand, maybe that's an important task. And then I take a deep breath and I sit down and I start this when I can. But mostly I do my morning routine every weekday. After we've dropped the kids at the bus, or right now, of course, after they're settled into their remote learning, and I sit on the couch, I pull a blanket over my legs, I sit in the same place every time, every day, I gather my notebooks, and I set my timer for the first time for five minutes. Now, I'm going to tell you here that I actually adopted part of the structure of my morning routine from Hal Elrod's method called The Miracle Morning, which is also a book of the same name. The Miracle Morning Method spells out an acronym of SAVERS. That's the routine. It stands for Silence, Affirmations, 
visualizations, exercise, read, and scribe, or write, really. Now, I have never read the book, The Miracle Morning, so I do not know whether or not to recommend that whole thing, but I have heard people talk about that savers order of things, and I was loosely doing some of them already. This just gave me an order of events. So when I sat down, I sort of knew kind of what I wanted to go through. I actually don't even do all of his steps, but I do want to give him credit here for how I started structuring my time. Okay, so the very first thing I do is I set that timer for five minutes and I sit there in silence. This is not a meditation per se because I really just let my brain do whatever it's going to do, but it is a time to stop down and pause, let the morning chaos evaporate, get myself into the right headspace. Often I try really hard to whisper a few words of gratitude In these five minutes, I might set the intention for the day if I'm already that focused and my brain isn't going nuts. Spoiler alert, I'm often not that focused, but I do think about an intention for the day sometimes. Truthfully, this five minutes is mostly just a marker for me of, okay, now I'm moving out of mom mode or sleepiness mode or whatever, and I'm moving into this ritualistic time. Next, I do my affirmations. I've talked about affirmations several times on this show. I think that the most lengthy explanation I've given for them is on either episode nine, 10 Ways to Journal, or on the bonus episode at the end of 2019. That episode is called Intentions, Affirmations, and Vision Boards, Oh My!, I actually highly recommend that episode if you're interested in learning about things like affirmations and setting intentions. I am definitely woo-woo about certain things, but I also try to stay fairly grounded in other ways. So I don't view intentions or affirmations as some kind of magical voodoo or anything, but I do think they are very useful tools for your mindset and for your attitude. So I do affirmations. Next, after the five minutes of silence, I have a specific notebook where I write down my affirmations each day. I have about five or six of them that I write down. They're often very much the same. I write these same things down daily. They're little reminders to myself about my own joy and my own strength and the dreams that I'm working towards. So I do silence, and then I do affirmations, and then the next step in the miracle morning routine is visualization. I do not do that every day. Sometimes if I have plenty of time that morning, I will, but it is often one that I skip, not because I don't think there's value in it, but because it's just not my main rhythm. The next letter in the SAVERS acronym is exercise. That's the E, exercise. I definitely do not do that as part of my morning routine. I highly respect anyone who does exercise in the morning or in any alone time that they've carved out, but I do not do this then. So I skip right to the reading section. This is, of course, my favorite part of the morning ritual. I set my timer for 20 minutes. If I'm really in a crunch, I'll do 15 minutes. Sometimes I will even do 10 minutes. And I read some kind of nonfiction. 
I usually have a couple of books going that fit my morning reading genre, and then I will pick among them depending on my mood. This might be a business-related book or an inspirational-type book. I read a wide variety of nonfiction, but if it's going to be part of my morning routine, it is usually not story-driven. It's not something that I'm going to get really lost in and like hate to put down. It's usually something that I can read and then implement for the rest of my day. The last bit of the morning routine is to journal. I don't always do this step in the morning. It is something that takes a little more time journaling, and so it just depends on what I have going that day. Obviously, I am a big journaler. I talk about this a lot, and I journal or document a lot of things in a lot of different ways, but traditional journaling, the way I do it, sometimes it will put me in the wrong mood in the morning. Maybe I'll get sad or nostalgic or overly analytical or something, when really what I'm trying to do with a morning routine is to set the tone for my day. And this is the tone that I need to work and to mom and to admin and all the other hats that we all wear. My typical journal mood It's just not great for morning. I am generally an evening journaler. But listen, I know a ton of people who take Julia Cameron's advice from The Artist's Way, and they write morning pages, stream of consciousness journaling, very first thing in the morning, as a way to brain dump and as a way to write your dreams down from the night before, capture any emotions that might be bugging you. For for many people, it helps them tame their monkey brain to journal in the morning. For me though, it kind of throws me off on a productivity level. So sometimes I will journal in the morning, especially if there's like an extra lot going on in my life and I just need to get it down somewhere. But often on most average days, I do not. My morning routine takes about 45 minutes on average and that is no small chunk of time. It can take longer than that if I really let the steps linger. And of course, not everyone has that kind of flexibility in the mornings. I think if you have babies or if you have to be in your work cubicle by 8 a.m., whatever your morning constraints are that don't allow for the type of morning routine that I'm describing, you can still make it work for yourself on a condensed level, depending on what you need. Maybe you just observe the silence step you know, and get in some gratitude, some intentions. Maybe you just write one sentence in your journal or just one affirmation. Maybe you read for 10 minutes, enough time to set the mood and anchor your day in something. Whichever of these steps you think would mean the most to you and your work and your life within your schedule. There's a lot of advice out there that wants you to configure your day around something like a morning routine. And while that kind of thinking may be helpful, for most of my life, it has seemed unrealistic when I don't always control every single part of my morning or because I make a choice like sleeping over a big dramatic gesture that is supposed to be life-changing. And when I'm trying to implement some of these things, I want to set myself up for success here and not failure. I want to find a system and a routine that works for me, that makes my day better, and doesn't make me feel like I've gotten behind or that I've done it wrong or something like that. Does that make sense? And try as I might with evening routines, I have just never been able to make one stick. 
I think part of that was because I just don't really need it. I tried it because other people told me that it was effective or, you know, because I've gone through phases where I wanted to get into a better beauty product routine or a better journal routine or whatever I was trying to fix or adjust by adding in an evening routine. But then it just ended up feeling like a chore. It wasn't really helping me sleep better. It wasn't helping me wind down or anything. So I just quit trying to force it. My evenings are like a little catches catch can. They're different every night, and I'm okay with that. Like everything else that we talk about on this show, let's make attempts to move towards the things that are true for us, that feel right, that feel helpful, and let us release those things that do not serve us. I can't wait to hear about your routines, what you found helpful, what sets the tone for you. I would love it if you would post on social media about your morning routine. And if you do so, please make sure and tag the show at 10 Things to Tell You so I can see it and use the hashtag 10 Things to Tell You so other people can see it. This is a fun and easy conversation starter with people. And also we can just learn from one another. Thanks for listening. Now go share something. Just listen to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.